Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about food safety. First, there is no five-second rule. That is a booby miser, an old wives' tale. Something your mother would tell you as a kid when you drop food on the floor she just cleaned, or whatever convenient lie anybody wants to believe. The actual instant anything becomes contaminated, it is contaminated, and it spreads. All raw meat should be separated from all other foods. All contact with raw meat should end with soap and hot water on your hands, cutting boards, and utensils, then dried thoroughly. Rinse and dry all fruits and veggies thoroughly. Not once, not when you feel like it, every time. Keep your fingers away from your nose eyes, ears, mouth, and any other orifices. The hard lesson to learn is when you actually come into manual digital contact with capsaicin, the stuff that makes chili peppers burn, and you don't thoroughly wash your hands, then you scratch your eye or any other previously mentioned body part, or others. It will burn like crazy, and unless all of your surfaces, that is cutting boards, knives, etc., are thoroughly cleaned and dried, it spreads to everything else you are cutting, and again, back to you. So if that is the case, germs, bacteria, viruses, we are being told the coronavirus can be on food, and icky stuff, all travel at least as fast and as widespread as the hot stuff in capsaicin. It's that easy. Don't pick stuff up off the floor if you aren't going to wash and dry it first. And you should more than likely just accept the loss and toss it, especially if it has been cut or peeled. Food safety in the marketplace. If you are online at a supermarket, in my case, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, you might have seen people with those plastic carry baskets full of produce, and instead of putting everything in a wheel cart, like a sane person, they carry those damn things around like it's a shopping montage in a movie set in Paris in 1961. One, they get heavy and you are lugging your goods around. Ugh. Two, People tend to place them on the floor and kick them along the way when they are in the checkout queue. Now to stop right there, I live in Manhattan and I wash the floor of my kitchen and bathroom as often as possible. They get dirty in large part due to whatever we have on the soles of our shoes that is dragged in with us and a few steps inside the house means they get grit and dirt and ick and it comes in with us. So I clean. I'm not Felix Unger by any stretch, but I get grossed out by filth. Some people are fine like that, but it makes me sick and it gnaws at me until I take action. Now switch back to Trader Joe's. I shop at the second busiest Trader Joe's in the U.S. The staff has told me so. They work very hard. It is on 6th Avenue between 21st and 22nd Streets. That is a very busy neighborhood. People drag whatever they have stepped on outside and bring it inside with them and then drag it all over the floor of the second busiest Trader Joe's in the U.S. So, when I see people kicking their baskets along the floor while they are waiting to go to the checkout, I have to wonder what enters their minds, as the fresh produce they are buying is less than a half an inch from the filth people drag into the second busiest Trader Joe's in the U.S. 
the baskets literally scrape the surface and bring up the detritus and street filth, and it lands on their produce. And I always see them buying some precious frou-frou items that will help them stay young and alive forever, except for the fact that they have industrial waste and decomposing food, animal waste, fossil fuel exhaust, grit, and particles landing and settling on their food. From the street traffic on 6th Avenue, outside the second busiest Trader Joe's in the U.S., I was in Whole Foods on 24th and 7th recently when a middle-aged woman just coughed and hacked her face closely into the entire fresh produce aisle with the misters for a prolonged period of time. And a guy standing next to me and I turned our heads and looked at each other in disbelief with dropped jaws. It was like watching a six-month-old infant on mommy's lap with no hand reaching up to cover, no handkerchief, no face in the crook of the elbow, no self-restraint, no discipline, no self-control, no consideration, no nothing. We kept on saying, I know, to each other, shaking our heads and blinking repeatedly. Do not assume other people care at all. Do not assume they have stringent personal hygiene standards. Just do not. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Inspect whatever you are considering adding to your cart. Don't just grab stuff because it is close by and you are trying to be expedient. This goes in your body. And considering what a lot of people put inside our bodies, this might be a hard one to mentally reinforce. Geez, in the workplace, everybody complains about people leaving half-eaten food in the break room fridge and then letting it rot. People create messes making coffee for themselves and just walk away. Sweeteners and powders all over the place. Sticky messes everywhere. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Imagine what laborers drop and pick up on the way to the harvest on farms. Well, if something like a chili pepper extract can spread and cause all that discomfort so easily, it isn't that difficult to imagine widespread contamination occurring so easily and so quickly. Every Sunday... I read the Chelsea Patches email newsletter about which restaurants the New York City Health Department closed, their locations, and the violations listed. Oh, man. Some of these places beg the question, why do you work in this field? You just can't possibly have any idea what you think you're doing. When you see places that receive over 100 violation points, you got to shake your head and wonder why they do it. And what do you think you're doing correctly? And, you know, what steps are you saving here? Why are you so disgusting? And how many people have you made ill? When I worked at the Garden City Hotel, still, the very best place I have ever worked with the finest culinary talents I have ever worked alongside, the management banned all raw shellfish due to an outbreak of hepatitis elsewhere on Long Island. They erred on the side of caution, and in doing so, reassured their entire clientele which at the time I believed was the smartest approach. And I still agree with that decision at the time. It was in the best interest of the hotel and their guests. The outbreak was eventually traced back to an unhygienic chef at a restaurant on the North Shore of Long Island, and the ban was eventually lifted. But they maintained the trust of their guests, and who needs that liability in the first place? So they did the right thing. And lately, I have seen a few places I know that have gone out of business and wondered what took so long because they were plainly unsanitary, sloppy, and just not good. I mean, awful. I think back to the 80s and how much food overall has improved in the city. 
I remember going to places that were absolute musts in the gay community, all in the West Village, and they were just awful. There were two places, a diner on Bleecker Street and a small place on Christopher Street, which catered to a predominantly gay crowd, and they just sucked. I mean, geez, they were terrible. It was a hangout experience at both places, but the food was atrocious. Ugh. Still, can't figure out how they, A, did not ever improve, and B, hung on for so long, especially with gay people being such finicky food snobs, and many quite uninformed. I worked in quite a few joints, and one was primarily gay, and the others had large gay contingents, and gay men would just say the most ridiculously, pompously uninformed, ignorant nonsense about the food they gawked and balked at. Example, one guy was convinced the arachette with diced chicken and sun-dried tomatoes he was served was swimming in olive oil. I sighed and counted to ten, then explained to him that that amount of olive oil he convinced himself was in the bowl of pasta was actually worth more than the dish cost to make, and that the liquid was chicken stock. He was about to become enraged until his friends all made fun of him, but he was being an absolute stupid bitch about it. He really was. Other times, I would be in the presence of groups of miserable single men who just bitched about everything and agreed with each other like a circle of old kvetches, because as far as I could tell, they all wanted to have something to complain about, to focus their bitterness on, and deflect from any self-reflection. Sure, why not? Which is why they were single. And who knows why they spoke from ignorance, but there was no talking to them. Not like I wanted to talk to them, but they were just absolutely contrary and had utterly no clue as to what they were talking about. I mean, absolutely nothing. Which kind of explains why those two places in the bleaker Christopher Street area held on for so long. Indiscriminate and completely unfounded opinions based on awful personalities. Just grabbing buzzwords and injecting them into their complaintless lexicon. We have to do better than that, guys. We're the smart, suave, sophisticated, witty, informed, knowledgeable people and not the ignoramuses who shoot their mouths off because we want to say so. There's another thing. In the 80s, everything had dill sauce and or sun-dried tomatoes on it if it wasn't Cajun for six months. How many places ruined blackening? But blackening is awful anyway, so if you want it, go ahead and eat that burnt, peppery, heavily salted meat of some animal. All right? Tasso, andouille, jambalaya, etouffee, something gumbo, something creole, something in a merleton, something hot and spicy, hot sauce. Pour gasoline on sausage, chicken, and shellfish and throw it in a light tomato sauce with rice and beans and some cilantro. Then set it on fire. That Zydeco music. Paper napkins galore. Sure, go ahead. Knock yourselves out. Drink a hurricane. The popular lore is that the whole concept of spice was initially embraced by Western civilization to conceal the rotten food. From the Spice Trader, How Spices Shaped History. There's also books about all of the crops that changed history, from tea to sugarcane to rice to coffee to potatoes to cotton, which are excellent reads as well, but that's for another time. The history of spice is almost as old as human civilization. It is a history of lands discovered, empires built and brought down, wars won and lost, treaties signed and flouted, flavors sought and offered, and the rise and fall of different religious practices and beliefs. Spices were among the most valuable items of trade in ancient and medieval times. As long ago as 3500 BC, the ancient Egyptians were using various spices for flavoring food, in cosmetics, and for embalming the dead. 
the use of spices spread through the Middle East to the Eastern Mediterranean and Europe. Spices from China, Indonesia, India, and Ceylon, now Sri Lanka, were originally transported overland by donkey or camel caravans. For almost 5,000 years, Arab middlemen controlled the spice trade until European explorers discovered a sea route to India and other spice-producing countries in the East. The search for a cheaper way to obtain spices from the East led to the Great Age of Exploration and the discovery of the New World. European explorers such as Ferdinand Magellan, Vasco da Gama, and Bartholomew Diaz began their long sea voyages to discover a sea route to the sources of spices. In 1497, the Portuguese navigator Vasco da Gama discovered a sea route around the southern tip of Africa, eventually reaching the southwest coast of India in 1498 and returned from his voyage with a cargo of nutmegs, cloves, cinnamon, ginger, and peppercorns. During the Middle Ages, Spices were as valuable in Europe as gold and gems and the single most important force driving the world's economy. The lack of refrigeration and poor standards of hygiene meant that food often spoiled quickly and spices were in great demand to mask the flavor of food that was far from fresh. Fierce competition among European nations for control of the spice trade was the driving force behind the colonization of India and other Asian lands. At various times, the Portuguese, Dutch, French, Spanish, and English established monopolies over various parts of the spice trade. This period saw empires founded and fortunes made and was also characterized by brutal conquests, piracy, and greed. This era saw the formation of trading empires such as the British East India Company. Imagine the age of exploration being motivated by the desire to mask rotting meat. Well, it was, at least in part. Now, personal hygiene at home. This means you can't excuse in yourself what you would never expect from a server in any place that serves food or drinks. You have to be as mindful in your own home as you expect total strangers to be to you outside. And really, you should have a lot higher personal expectations for yourself. Wash your hands frequently. I mean, really wash your hands. Soap and hot water does not hurt. Do it. On just a few points... The New York City Department of Health says fruits and vegetables may be contaminated if they are handled or processed in facilities that are not kept clean. They come into contact with contaminated fertilizer. They are watered or washed with contaminated water. Now, the woman used to live across the street from us would wash her floor and dump the wastewater on top of a a fruit and vegetable stand right across the street and that wastewater would land on fresh fruit and vegetables. So that's exactly the truth. Contamination may also occur if food is incorrectly handled by an infected food worker or if it touches other contaminated food. The symptoms, onset, and length of foodborne illness depends on the type of microbe and how much of it is swallowed. Symptoms usually include vomiting, diarrhea, and stomach cramps. Always treat raw poultry, beef, and pork as if they are contaminated. You can keep your food safe from bacteria by following these tips. Wrap fresh meats in plastic bags to prevent blood from dripping on other foods. Refrigerate foods promptly. Wash cutting boards and counters immediately after use to prevent cross-contamination with other foods. And a personal note. Wash. Not rinse. Wash. Detergent, hot water, then rinse. 
ensure that food reaches the correct internal cooking temperatures. Avoid eating raw or undercooked meats. Avoid eating raw eggs or undercooking food containing raw eggs. Avoid using raw milk. Among the food-related illnesses are salmonella, norovirus, campylobacteriosis, staphylococcal enterotoxin B, E. coli, listeria, shigellosis, cholera, and botulism. A loved one contracting E. coli and being very close to death from mishandled prepared food at a restaurant which was not culpable because the food was contaminated before processing was even more insane. Turned out to be romaine lettuce that was picked and wild hog fecal matter that had come into contact with it was not detected. There were 57 cases across the country from this one batch of lettuce and one person who turned out to be a friend of several friends we just happened to coincidentally know and resided in another state, passed away from it. Sheesh. So, take whatever precautions you can and do not hesitate to seek out health care if you feel ill. Food safety in restaurants. I gotta say that I have been spoiled and I have had the good fortune of working in very fine places and that some tried hard... But the very last thing that any place that ever expects to do legitimate return business will ever permit is unsafe food handling. This is paramount. I have been to more than my share of awful places and the food has been terrible. And that means they don't know how to cook. And if they can't cook, it is very likely that they do not possess the knowledge to maintain food safety. And I have been to places that it never occurred to me to eat at, just go there for drinks after work. And I looked through the little window and the double doors of the kitchen, and I could not believe the absolute filth I saw. I mean, I never worked with anyone who would ever let any of that mess get that far at any point of the night, let alone leave the kitchen empty while that disgusting pile of filth and mess just attracted flies and vermin. And slobbery was accepted. I can't imagine how it was allowed to occur in the first place, or even left for one minute. No way. Ever. But it happens, and we trust that it will be okay. Sort of like when Seinfeld told a joke about getting into a cab with no seatbelts and the guy drives all over the place. Instead of being very concerned, you just kind of slump back into your seat and blank out. Not everyone does this, and not everyone is indiscriminate. But if you go to a place that sucks on a regular basis, you're asking for it. And just about everyone I know has had a food mishap at their favorite place or places. Something disagreed with you. It could have been one in a million things for a number of reasons that all converge in your gut at the same time. We all like to tell ourselves anyway. And I have also repeatedly been told of very bad, digestively volatile experiences at even very well-known splurge places. Fancy schmancy. And, uh uh-oh, that crudo wasn't right. That terrine kept me up all night. That game foul seemed gamier and more foul than I expected. It's not just dirty water dogs or awful fajitas. So again, take whatever precautions you can and do not hesitate to seek out health care if you feel ill. Food safety in the U.S. From Wikipedia, food safety in the United States is necessary in order to prevent and properly report foodborne illnesses. In 2011, a total of 9.4 million incidences of foodborne illnesses occurred in the United States. Widespread foodborne outbreaks typically spark legislation rather than legislation 
working as a preventive measure against foodborne illnesses. There have been no less than 34 pieces of food safety legislation passed in the U.S. at a federal level. We have the Food and Drug Administration, Food Safety and Inspection Service, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we still have food safety issues every single day. So, one more time, take whatever precautions you can and do not hesitate to seek out health care if you feel ill. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out. Thank you.